chapter 25 is where we would like to look. But to bring us up to that point, the disciples have asked the Lord about, you know, the end. How's the end going to be, Lord? What will be the signs of the end? And through chapter number 24, we see a lot of different things, maybe things that we could say, well, part of these have happened and part of them are yet to come. And uh, some of these things may have happened in 70 A.D. Others might say they've all happened in a certain sense. But I believe that really what we'd like to think upon is I'll read a verse out out of chapter number 24, verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So do we know when the end is coming? We've had a lot of predictors through the years, haven't we? A lot of false prophets, a lot of people that said they knew exactly what the Bible contradicts. Why would I believe some man that says he knows that when the Bible says that no man knows? You know, the Bible's written and and by the Word of God so that a man so simple, a man that would be a wayfaring fool, could not err therein. So can we know? No, we can't know the exact day. I don't believe there's a one of us here that can even know the day that we're leaving. The doctors can give us some predictions sometimes. And you know, sometimes they're reasonably close. But what I'd like to think about is being prepared because we do know this. We do know that He's coming whether for us all as a whole, collectively or individually. The Lord is coming. And as Vaughn said last week maybe, thou shalt call and I will answer. There's no man going to escape the call of God. So let's read just a few verses in chapter 25. I know a familiar scripture. Then shall the kingdom of God... So through the end of this 24th chapter, we're getting that same picture. Be ready. Be ready because you don't know when the Lord's coming. Be ready, but we know that He is coming. Ready yourself for the coming of the Lord. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. 
But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know not, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Very familiar, easily understood. Goes right along with chapter number 24. Can I know the hour, the time, the day? I do not. But I know that He is coming. I know that the Lord is coming for me. I know that the Lord is coming for you. And I may think in my mind that God, you know, I believe that we think this. We think in our mind, so-and-so's next. So-and-so will be the next one that God calls. But you know, He could call me before He calls anybody. He could call the youngest. He could call the oldest. He could call the most likely. He could call the most unlikely. We do not know, but we do know this. We know that the Lord is coming, and He says this, that we should be ready. In verse number 36 and following, He likens the Son of Man's coming to the days of Noah. That they were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, they were giving in marriage, and the flood came. Isn't this amazing? It amazes me that the Bible says this, and they knew it not. 120 years, at least 100 plus, years of preaching by the man Noah, building an ark, 450 foot ark, 75 foot wide, 45 foot high, ship in the middle of the sea, and it had never rained, and they thought this man's a fool. Isn't that what they think today? Doesn't the world as a whole think that the church is a fool today? But by the Word of God, the flood came and destroyed them all. Is there any going back on that? So for us as individuals, should we be ready? God help us to be ready. Can we be ready? Can we know that we're ready? Is there a means of confirmation of being ready? So a picture, a picture of a wedding in the Middle East. A picture and that, that uh, wedding, the wedding took place at the bride's house. But the feast could, took place at the groom's house. So the wedding took place at the bride's house and the festivities there went on. But you know, as the day went on, it may have been way up in the night before the bridegroom and the, and the bride came to his house. But there was a group of virgins there to welcome the bride into the home, the bride and the groom. So he says to us here, there were ten virgins, took their lamps, went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five were wise, five were foolish. 
what, what makes the difference? What makes the difference is what they had. Know this. I tell God, and I, I believe we said this not, not long ago. I don't remember exactly when. But you know God doesn't come at an opportune time. There's never an opportune time. There's never a time that we're ready. I don't mean that in the wrong way. I mean we can be ready spiritually. We can be ready eternally and not desire to go. But you know, there's never going to be an opportune time for God to call. When's He going to come in this little picture that we have? He's going to come at midnight. <laughs> the midnight hour, the bridegroom's coming, and the, and, and, and the cry goes out to go ye out to meet Him. Where, where are they? What are they doing? Now, just look at the picture. What are they doing when the cry comes that the bridegroom has come, go ye out to meet Him? They're all slumbering and they're all sleeping. But you know, that did not prevent those. I believe, I believe this is the picture. In the weakness of our flesh, thank God the weakness of my flesh is not going to prevent me from going out to meet the bridegroom. They all had a weakness of flesh. They all slumbered and slept. They all fell by the wayside. But I tell you, there was a group that was prepared out of this group. Even right here today, we've been studying in, in the book of the Revelation about the seven churches lately in Bible study. And you know, in every church, it, it seems as though in every church, there's a church within a church. And that's the way it is today. Within the visible church is God's church. Within the visible family of Abraham was God's family. Within the visible family of Isaac was God's family. Within the visible family of Judaism was God's family. That's the way it is today, folks. But you know, we've got a little opportunity. How long do we have? I tell you, we don't have long, honestly. We don't have long in the light of eternity. We've got a little space of time here to get ready for something that is going to last beyond the comprehension of our mind. And you know, if we don't get this right, then the end, the end is going to be eternally wrong. So, the foolish took their lamps and took no oil. The wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. That's the distinguishing part, isn't it? I mean, it's not that these virgins were somehow more righteous than the others, that they were prettier than the others, that they were more separated than the others, but the difference is what they had in their vessel. And you know something? There's going to come a time, friend, that that's all that's going to matter. That nothing else is going to matter. And we could say, well, the oil 
So let's get the picture. They had a torch. Maybe, maybe a torch that was wound with rags. We could see that. That had been saturated in oil. Maybe, maybe it was a torch that had a wick in it. it says they trimmed their <coughs> lamps. Maybe they trimmed a wick that had a, 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 a fabric that the, the wick was laying down in the oil and drew the oil up and the flame kept drawing that oil. They had a lamp, but they had oil. And there was a group that had a lamp with no oil. You know, my lamp's going to go out one day. And your lamp's going to go out one day. And all that we can do outwardly is going to come to an end. But that that is in the vessel, that that is given, I, I believe we've got a picture here. We've got a picture here of the goodness and the grace of God. You might say, well, the oil is representative of the Spirit of God. I'll go with that. I, I, I'll agree with that. Let's say the oil is a representation of the Spirit of God. But I'll say this, it'll be more than the Spirit of God. It'll be the grace of God. And friend, with, the, with grace of God, the Spirit of God comes, doesn't it? You know what I need? I need the grace of God in my life. I need the grace of God and I need the faith. I need all that comes in the package with grace. And all, or the Spirit of God comes in that package. So let's, let's read with me, if you would. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And I do believe, you know, there's the weakness even of the church, even of the elect, even of the called, even of the saved, there is a weakness in our flesh. Could you say that you slumbered and slept on God through your life at times? I believe we could say that. But I say when the call comes, thank God for the grace and the oil of the Holy Spirit, a God that's, uh, that's able to make us ready to make us able to go out and to meet the bridegroom. You know, without that, it's the midnight hour. There's, there's no meeting the bridegroom without a light. There's no meeting the bridegroom without oil. There's no going out to meet Him. It's the midnight hour. And I tell you, that's when God calls. God doesn't call when I'm looking for Him, when I'm ready, when I'm waiting, when I'm anticipating. I tell you, life, life grabs our attention. Life grabs us day by day by day. I don't believe that each and every day that man is looking. But I tell you what I can do. I can be prepared. I can make myself ready. And I don't mean that in self, but I mean by the provisions of God, I can be made ready by the provisions that God has made and the time that God has given. I can be prepared when the Lord calls. I can be prepared to meet Him. You know something in the last verse of chapter 24? Listen to these words. Here's a man, here is a man in this Scripture right here, that the Lord hasn't come. You know what he's going to do? He's going to get lazy. 
He's going to get drunk. He's going to lay down. He's going to mistreat the family of God. He has a false hope. That's the honest to God truth. Is he worried about the Lord coming? No, he, he, he's got it all under control. But listen to what the Bible says in the last verse. That, the last two. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Would you say that all these virgins look quite alike? I don't believe that you can look on the outside and see any distinguishing characteristics. No, I tell you, where the difference was, was what was inside their vessel. What's on the inside is what distinguishes God's people from the rest. Here's a man in the last of chapter 24. You know what he said? He said, I'm going to appoint him his place with the hypocrites. What are they? Well, they're, they're imposters. They're actors. They pretend to be someone. Isn't that, isn't that what an actor does? You name the movie, whatever you want to name, doesn't the actor portray someone else? Is that going on right here? If we could see this, folks, chapter number 25 was not in the text at 33 AD. There was no chapter 25. Jesus discontinues right on. And He gives us this little picture of these ten virgins going out to meet the Lord. And He says, Now I want you to know that what I'm telling you right here and what we're calling chapter 25 is just a little picture of what I've been saying in chapter 24. So these ten virgins go out to meet the Lord, five wise and five foolish, and the wise are distinguished from the foolish because of what they've got in their vessel. Where does God look? So I hear it, God looks upon the heart. God's looking in the heart? Yes, God's looking in the heart. Have I slumbered? Have you slumbered? Have all slept? Have all fallen by the wayside at times? Even those that have something in their heart. If it wasn't for what was in your heart, you would continue to sleep. You would continue to slumber. But I'll tell you this, when the call comes, friend... Lost or saved, you're going to answer the call. When the call comes, the man that's got the Lord Jesus and the Holy Ghost in his heart is going to answer the call and be ready to go out and meet the Lord. That person that doesn't have the Spirit and the power of God has never enjoyed the grace of God. That man, that woman is going out to meet the Lord. And you know something? Without the grace of God, the Holy Spirit of God in my heart, I'm going to be a fool. I am going to be an absolute fool that here I am at this age of life, at this time in life, and I have 
have not readied myself, not prepared myself, not made ready my life to go out and to meet God, what a fool I will be. With all the blessings of God, with all of the gospel of God, with the call of the Holy Spirit, with the call of God, with with the word of God that comes by our hearts, our Lord, with all that we can see around us, with the word of God that gives us picture after picture, what a fool that I am not ready to go out and to meet God. I know that He's coming. I don't know the hour, but I say this right now. To now is the day of salvation. This is the appointed time. There's not another day, not another opportunity, not another time that God uh, might call, but today is the day of salvation. Today I should make my plan. Today I should make myself ready. Uh, Today, if God would plead to me, if today, as Kevin read, if God would grant me repentance, uh, today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the day for me to be ready to go out and to meet God, no matter when He calls, I could make myself ready today and not be taken as a fool. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Well, when am I going out to meet him? Now. I'm going now. I'm going out to meet him now. Not next week. I don't have time. I don't have time to go out and make ready. I have to be ready before he calls. So the word of God says at midnight the cry came. The bridegroom has come. Go ye out to meet him. Listen to these words. And at midnight, what a time for the Lord to come. What a time for the Lord to come. You know, a time of darkness. A time of, I I, I, I believe a time for this group, a time of fear. A time that a call has come and I'm not prepared. A time of great fear. A time of darkness and great fear. A time of anxiety. A time if God was to call today. A friend, if we... You just think about this. You think about what the doctor... I mean a doctor can make a call and it makes us anxious. The doctor calls... They've not said whether it's good or bad. It's the truth. It happens. It happens to folks. Happened to Lucille. Didn't say whether it was good or bad. Thank God it was good. But you know what it does? It makes us anxious. Here's a call. You know, I call Ricky Joe and Stevie... Probably five o'clock, ten after five in the morning. One morning, Ricky Joe answered a phone, and she said, "I dread that when somebody calls." But you know, I knew they was up. I didn't have bad news. But I tell you, when the call comes, anxiety arises in our heart immediately. This is an untimely call. This is a call that I'm not prepared for. This is a call that that I didn't want to get. 
This is a call that I'm not prepared for. It's a call that this time of night is not when people call with good news. This is not a time that people call and, 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 and it's just a converse. It's just a talk a minute. It's just to see how you are. Oh, this is the call. When I hear that call, it brings anxiety to me. Aren't we ready for that call? God's going to call. God's going to call to you. God's going to call to me. I tell you, I don't want to be anxious when God calls. I don't want to be worried. I, I, I don't want to think, oh my God, I'm not ready. Oh Lord, I, I, I'm not prepared for this call. I want to be prepared. I want to be ready for this call. I want to be, I want to have my heart secured and anchored in the promises of God Almighty and the witness of the Holy Spirit of God and anchored in the grace of God. I don't want to be worried and anxious and tore all the pieces when God calls. I want to be ready to go out and meet Him. All those virgins arose. (laughs) You know something? And trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, they're readying themselves. (laughs) Think now. Their lamps have gone out. If they've not gone out, they're dwindling. They're going to trim them up. They're to get rid of the smoke. Get rid of the smut. They're going to trim the lamp. They're going to light it again. And they are going out to meet the bridegroom. They're going out in brightness. You know something? Just think about this. Behind that lamp is a face. You're going out to meet the bridegroom. That lamp is lighting your face. If there's no light, oh my God, you, your face is in darkness. Your face cannot be seen by the Savior. Your face is in darkness to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, God help us that our face would shine, that our face would look like it had the oil on it, that our face would look like there was a light burning on the inside, that our face would have a countenance. I tell you, Stephen, while they were stoning him to death, his countenance looked as an angel. He had something in his heart. He was prepared to go out and to meet the Lord when he called. But with no light, your face will be in darkness. Oh my God, you're headed to outer darkness. Headed into outer darkness. Look. 
look at the realization. The foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil. What you've got is what I need. I need what you've got. I need some of what you've got. You're ready. Your face is shining. Your lamp is burning. I need some of what you got. I do not have what I need. I am deficient. There is a deficiency in my vessel. I have not prepared to meet the Lord. Can you see a difference? They saw a difference. How in the world could they see a difference? I don't want to go too far with this. But you know, could they look in their vessel and see? Or were they looking at the lights burning? Just reason with me. I can't look in your vessel and see, but I can tell what's in the vessel by how the light's burning. You know something? The wick is about to be gone in a many a life. When the oil runs out, you're burning on the wick. We don't have too awful long with the wig left. But I tell you, the foolish said, Give us of your oil what you've got in your vessel. What your lamp is burning on is what I need in my vessel. I need what you have. Oh, I would today. As our brother said in the opening of the Sunday school, I would today there was such a distinguishing difference between us and the world. I would today that you and I, we that are saved, that there would be such a distinction between us and the lost, between us and the other church members, between the church in the church and the church as a whole, that there would be such a distinguishing that the foolish would say to the wise, Give us of your oil. Give us that that you've got. We need what you have. We need to have a portion of that that you've got. Oh, that there would be such a distinction between the two that there would be a desire and a longing to have what the church has. They could see the difference. Give us of your oil. Are they aware that it takes the oil? (laughs) No question. They're aware of it. They're aware. Can I go out to meet God unprepared and unaware? You may go out to meet God unprepared, but you are not unaware. You're not unaware. I tell you, we're going to have to be saved. Born again, the Spirit and the power of God in our lives, we be filled with, under the influence of, the overflowing Spirit and power of God in our lives, that our light, our face might be made to shine. 
Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. You know, the acting is over, isn't it? No more acting now. No, I tell you what, I'm going to have to go out and face reality now. The acting is over. We got this deficiency. I don't have what I need to go out and to meet the bridegroom. I don't have that. So they say, the wise said, and I believe it's the truth, not a, no, lest there be not enough for us and you. Well, I believe you could just say this, they didn't have it to give. God gave you the gift of grace. God gave you the gift of His Holy Spirit. God is the one that gives that. I can't give to Rex. Rex can't give to Redina. Redina can't give to Beth. Beth can't give to Paul Hayden. Uh, you can't give it to anyone, even your closest, your most, your dearest sons, dearest daughters, husbands, wives. We are unable to give that. This gift comes from God. Give us of your all. Our lamps have gone out. Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. Our lamps are going out. But the wise answered and said, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go, go, go rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Are you going to have to go? You are. You're going to have to go. You're going to have to go. Where are we going? I tell you, we're going to where we can get the oil. We're going to where we can get the grace. We're going. I tell you, the Lord Jesus said this, Come unto Me, all you that are weak and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come unto Me. I tell you, the Lord is the source. We must come to the Lord, and we must come like this. We must come. I believe we're going to have to come with a need. We're going to have to come in a timely manner. We're going to have to come before He calls us to the very end. We're going to have to come while He is calling. In Isaiah chapter 55, He talks about us coming to the Lord. Ho, all you that are thirsty, all you that are in need, all you come to the waters and buy wine and buy milk without money and without price. I tell you, the Lord Jesus gave us a salvation. And I don't say that it's free. It wasn't free to Him. It's free to me. But yet, let me just read this. And I want to get it just right. This is what the Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. What's he saying there? He's saying this, that I'm not bringing anything. That's Romans 3.23 Romans 3, and 24. I'm not bringing anything to buy with, but the grace of God is the free gift. It's not of works, not of my works, but I tell you, it does not come without a dedicated heart. It does not come without a, a desire to be forgiven. It doesn't come without uh, honesty about my condition. You know, I can't be an actor and be saved. Would you say this, that Jacob, Jacob was a real actor.
Look at his first big production with his daddy with goat skin on his hands around the back of his neck. That was his first production, wasn't it? He did a real job. He got the blessing. He went on, laid on the rock, saw the, saw the ladder let down from heaven, bargained with God. God, if you'll keep me, I'll be yours and I'll give you. He's still an actor. Goes to Laban, still an actor, still a trickster. I tell you when Jacob come to himself, I tell you when Jacob got to the place, Esau's coming with 400 men, Jacob. Down at the brook Jabbok, Jacob pours himself out. Down at the brook Jabbok, Jacob empties himself. Down at the brook Jabbok, God says, what's your name? And he says, I'm a Jacob. I'm a supplanter. I'm a trickster. I'm a liar. I'm an actor. And oh God, oh God, tonight I'm coming clean. I'm laying off my acting. And tonight, Lord, I need your grace and mercy. You know, when the Lord calls, I tell you, the acting will be over. Not free, but go. That's what, the, that's what the wise virgins said. Go ye. Go ye to them. Go ye to them. Rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Where is salvation for sale? Let's say it like this. Where is salvation offered? I believe it's offered down at the church house. I believe it's offered down uh, where the Word of God is being preached. I believe it's offered through the Word of God. I believe it's offered through the grace and the mercy of God Almighty. There. There. What will it cost, preacher? I tell you what it'll cost. It'll cost you laying off your acting and putting on the truth. It'll cost you realizing you do not have in your vessel what is needed to go out and meet the bridegroom at midnight. Oh, preacher, if he had just called during the daylight, you know, I wouldn't have to have to. I wouldn't have to have that lamp. It's a test, folks. Why midnight? Why did the man come to his friend at midnight? A friend of mine's come at midnight. I got nothing to set before him. Isn't that what the Bible says, Luke eleven? So he goes to his friend. I tell you, we've got a friend. We've got a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. We've got a friend who has got all that we stand in need of. We've got a friend that we can go to, honest to God, that has bought. Has bought salvation. Has bought freedom. Has redeemed. Has, ha, ha, has paid the price that you and I could be brought into the family of God. We could go to Him because He has bought it. He has paid the price. He's done the work that you and I could be brought into the family of God. Will you come to Him? Go to them that buy and sell. Listen to what the Bible says in John chapter number 1. John chapter number 1. You might say, well, that's all the Spirit. I tell you, it's the grace of God. He says in John chapter number 1, verse number 14, "...and the Word was made flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth." 
Isn't that wonderful? Do we need grace? I tell you, thank God we need grace. But the Lord Jesus has brought that grace. Uh, John chapter number 6 and verse number 68. John 6 and verse number 68. Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? The virgin said, Go to them that buy and sell. Jesus said, You'll have to eat my flesh and drink my blood, and he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I'll raise him up at the last day. Well, preacher, that's a hard saying. I'll say this, friend. Are you going to go away or are you going to come to the source? Are you going to go away or are you going to come? Uh, the, Lord, the, 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 the virgin said, Go to them that buy and sell. Peter, Peter, are you going to go away? Lord, to whom shall we go? I tell you, we got to come to Christ. There's no other means. There's no other source. There's no other place to get the grace of God. No other place to get the oil. No other place to get the light. No other place that we can go to but to Him. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 20, we just read that to you. He says, By the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified. So here's by works. Now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest in being witnessed by the law and the prophet. What did the law and prophets, what did they talk about? I tell you, the law was given that might lead us to Christ. The prophets prophesied of the Lord Jesus Christ coming to fulfill the law. Jesus said, I've not come to do away with the law, but I've come to fulfill the law. Not one jot or one tittle of the law shall fall to the ground, but it'll all be fulfilled. How? Where shall I go that I might find what I need to go out and to meet God? We must come to Jesus. We must come to Christ. Peter, you going away? Lord, where shall we go? To whom? To whom shall we go? You've got the words of life. You've got the words of eternal and everlasting life. And we are sure that thou art the Son of God. Where else are you going to go? Does He call? Is He calling? Well, preacher, He's not calling. Well, well, by the Word of God, let me read just a verse or two to you over here. And, 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 and we'll, we'll try to get the next verse to go with it. Everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come and buy and eat. Yea, come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. He's not asking for you to bring something. He's asking for you to bring you. You have to come. You have to be in need. You have to be deficient. You need a Savior. Are you prepared to go out and meet God today? I say this, if He calls, you're going. Ready or not, you're going. Ready or not, here He comes. Ready or not, uh, friend, by the Word of God, He's coming. And you know something? We're not going to get around that. And while they went to buy, where do you think they went? Where did they go? Let me ask you this. What's open at midnight? Well, Walmart's open. You're not going to get salvation at Walmart. Midnight. Go to them that buy. Go to them that sell and buy for yourselves. You know what I ought to do? 
I ought to make a careful examination of my life right now. I ought to look at my life right now. Because when midnight comes, you might say, well, I can go anytime I please. You won't go. I'll tell you this, friend. They're going to go and they're going to come back. But you know, the Bible does not say. The Bible does not say that they had anything when they come back. Does it? Does it say that? They went out at midnight and come back with the right thing. The Bible said this, that there would come a day when people would want to get in when the door was shut. Isn't that true? Would you say there was people that wanted to get in when God shut the door on the side of the ark? Were there people that wanted to get in? Well, the door's open today, folks. The door of grace is open today. The door of opportunity is open today. While the lights are on, while the Word of God is still here, while there's mercy and grace still here, the door is open today. But if God ever shuts to the door, do you think there was any other animal, any other bird, any other human being got on the ark after God shut to the door? Now according to Revelation, who shuts to the door? I tell you, who's got the key of David? He's the one opening, and no man can shut, and shutting, and no man can open. But just uh, just bear with me a little, another minute or two. But go and buy for yourselves. Isaiah 55, he says this, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye and buy and eat, and come and buy wine and milk without money and price. Verse number 6, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Is there coming a time that He can't be found? Is there coming a time, as they were singing that song this morning, it come to my heart, the Scripture, and I believe it's Genesis 42, and Joseph opened all the storehouses in Egypt. And he sold to the Egyptians. He gave to his family. His family didn't buy. He gave it. Isn't that right? The Lord Jesus Christ, through him, all of the storehouses of God are open unto you. Through your relationship with our heavenly Joseph, all that this world has got, and thank God the world to come is yours through what He has prepared and laid up for you. And Joseph opened all the storehouses in Egypt. (laughs) Thank God the Lord Jesus Christ can open up for Him. And you know what you can have? You can have whatever is needful for you to meet the day. God's got grace to meet the day. For tomorrow, God will have grace for tomorrow. 
for the next day, for the day that God calls and calls me out of here, by the Word of God, there'll be grace for that day. He has opened all the storehouses. But I'm going to have to come. And by the Word of God, I'm going to have to come while He can be found. When can you find Him? I'll tell you when you can find Him. When He's calling unto you for salvation. When He's calling unto you and letting you know your deficiency. When He's calling unto you and letting you know that you're hiding your face. When He is calling unto you and to know that your face is in darkness. That your countenance tells on you. You know what He said? He said over there in the, in the book, of, I believe the book of Genesis about Cain. Uh, why Cain has your countenance fallen? Would you imagine, would you, would you entertain me just a minute? Would you imagine that there was a face of fright and fear and anxiety from those five virgins? Would you imagine that their face looked different than the face of the five that had oil in their vessels and was prepared to go out and to meet the Lord? If mama or daddy calls and they told you to do some certain thing, be some certain place, and they come in the house and you hear the door open and shut, if there's a boy there that's in the place that daddy told him to be and has done what daddy told him to do versus another one, that is in some place he shouldn't be, you reckon there's a difference in the countenance of those two? Let me tell you, folks, God is revealing unto us our countenance, the countenance of our own hearts. Can I go any time? I cannot. Is he coming? Where are your fathers? Did my word not take them? While they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready, they that were ready, went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Is there any getting in after this? Listen to Jesus in John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I, he that entereth not in by the door unto the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. You know what they are? They're actors pretending to be shepherds. But they're thieves. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? He that entereth in not by the door of the sheepfold, the same as a thief and a robber. Jesus is going to say in verse number 7, He's the door. I'm either going to come into the family of God through the door of the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen... When I come through the door and I am entered through the Lord Jesus Christ, I will have oil in my vessel. 
I will have a countenance that looks like the oil's been on my face. I will have a countenance that He can see me. I will be distinguished from the world by what God has done in my heart. Jesus said in verse 10, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. There is no other way to enter in. But listen, folks, while the door is open, while the invitation is given, while God is stirring our hearts, why don't we come? Listen, listen just a minute, will you? Acts chapter number 14, verse number 27. Verse 27, And when they were come, they gathered the church together, and they rehearsed all that God had done with them, and how He had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. Chapter number, chapter number 16, listen to what the Bible says here. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart, the Lord opened that she attended unto the things which were spoken of by Paul. So do we have to have a door of faith? Does there have to be a door opened of the heart? The Bible said, Paul said that there there was a door of utterance opened unto us. While God's got the door open, Will we run? I tell you, if, if we could see how close death is, we would run for the door. If we could see how close that death is on our trail, we would run for the door. We would long and desire and run that we might enter into that door. I ask you this. Noah... Anybody else get in after God shut the door? When Esau sold his birthright, though he cried, and though with bitter tears he wept desiring, could that door be opened again? That door is never opened again. That door is never ever going to open again. What, What about Belshazzar? What about Belshazzar that grew up and knew the grace and the mercy and the, and the forgiveness of God through his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar even wrote a chapter in the Bible. Belshazzar gave homage, gave feast, gave praise to all of the gods of this world. And Daniel said, Belshazzar, the, 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 the writing is on the wall. You're weighed in the balances and found wanting. You're going to lose the kingdom tonight. Was that door ever open? That door shut. Folks, could you look and see that the door is going shut? What about the rich fool? What about the rich fool that God had blessed so greatly? He said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down my barns and build greater. And I'm going to say to my soul, you mean to tell me that all of your soul is anchored in the riches of this world? I tell you what you are. You're a foolish virgin. 
God said, Thou fool, this night shall thy soul be required of thee. The door went shut. That door is not going to open. Just another one or two. How about Pilate? How about Pilate? He delivered them over to their will. He delivered Jesus Christ over to their will. Is He excused of His guilt? Is He excused of being a governor? Is He excused that He declared more than once that this man was innocent? Herod declared Him to be innocent. And He declared Him and handed Him over to be crucified. The door is shut, ladies and gentlemen. What a man that the door is going to shut. What about Felix? Felix trembled. Uh, Felix trembled when Paul spoke with him about righteousness, uh, 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 about the judgment to come, about temperance. And you know what? Barry trembled that day. I'll tell you, the door went shut. Felix never had another opportunity. Will you ever have another opportunity after today? After this service right here, will there be another opportunity? And they that were ready went in. And the door was shut. (laughs) The door of salvation, shut. The door of God's grace, shut. The the door of God's mercy, shut. God's long-suffering, shut. God's forgiveness, shut. It's over. What's left? I tell you, friend, what's left? Right here. The pit. He's pulling the door open on the pit. He's opening the door on the pit. The door of grace, mercy, long-suffering, forgiveness, the love of God, the long-suffering of God, the salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. That door has gone shut. But the door for the pit is being opened by the wrath of God Almighty. Five wise and five foolish, distinguished by what's in their heart, their vessel. And they that were ready went in, and the door was shut. You know what the Lord said when they showed up outside the door? I never knew you. The time to know the Lord is today. Today is the day of salvation.